This is an intro. Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to Okay Fine. I'll watch it. The podcast where I, your host, Rahat Seni, discuss incredibly popular media that I've never seen before and I'm watching for the very first time with someone who loves it. In honor of spooky month, today we are talking about the cult classic horror slash comedy Jennifer's Body with a very special guest. Nick Birkbeck is one of the few people from high school that is still a huge part of my life and now he's also a part of this podcast so let's not waste any time and get right into it all right folks this week we have a very special guest a local fashion icon and fashion student and my high school best friend it's nick Birkbeck in the house hi nick it's nick how are you doing Good. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. It's actually unbelievable. Uh, I love. I'm excited to hear what you. Oh, dude. Honestly, the funniest thing about this recent experience of watching the films with the people that I am interviewing is that we watched the film, like Nick and I watched this film together. And then immediately afterwards, I was like, okay, well, let's talk about literally anything else because we need to save our conversation (laughs) for the podcast. (laughs) So we haven't talked about it at all. But I, oh, oh my God. Okay. First, I want to know about your experience of the movie. So we'll talk about my reaction in a sec. But what's the first time you watched this movie? Like, have you loved this movie for a long time? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I remember when it first came out. Mm -hmm. So I remember going into Blockbuster um, because it was 2009. Back in the day. Back in the day. And, you know, I was like a child. Yeah. Right. So, and I, you know me, I do not do scary movies. Mm-hmm. I am such a wimp that way. Um, so I actually did not watch it when it first came out. And I was scared to watch it because it looked terrifying. Yeah, it's spooky. It's a spooky movie. I don't know if you've seen the DVD cover or the trailer for the movie, but it looks like you know a horror movie because i mean i guess it is a horror movie yeah but technically yeah i so no i stayed away from it for a really long time and it wasn't until i want to say the movie started to become that cult classic that it is Mm -hmm. that i actually tuned in to watch it so which was when like because i i know the movies had kind of like an interesting um trajectory like I know that when it first came out it flopped and like was not received very well and um and so you know I'm curious about that as a phenomenon too that like that was the first reaction when the movie came out and then now like many years later I mean over 10 years later um it's become this huge phenomenon and a cult classic so like why do you think the movie flopped when it first came out okay so um, it's pretty straightforward. It was marketed very incorrectly. So the way they market market the movie, it was towards, you know, a male audience. And, you know, Je- uh, Megan Fox was just getting off of the hype of Transformers. So right. she had all of these men, you know, being like, oh, Megan Fox, right. you know. And then I... I wanted to show you the trailer because 
um, in the trailer, it it kind of looks like that. You know, you're gonna see a lot of Megan Fox, right. if that makes sense. Oh, like there's so, nudity. Mm-hmm. I see. And yeah, so they really marketed it towards that. Uh, male audience and actually Megan Fox a lot of her fans are young women yeah you know this young woman right here for sure (laughs) big fucking fan of Megan Fox but continue yeah um yeah so it was just uh, it was a mess you know um they had a screening for the movie and it was just all these guys and they were just like oh we want to see more um I think this one guy just wrote like boobs (laughs) I think a lot of guys would write that if you were like, what do you want to see in a movie? A lot of men would be like, boobs, plain and simple. They're not complicated creatures, straight men. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, go on. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, that was really it. It was just, it was marketed towards this audience that the movie was not meant for. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really not. Like, having seen it now, it's it's really not intended for a straight male audience. And, like, that's not to say that Mm -hmm. they can't enjoy it. In fact, I think it's a great movie, so they probably Mm -hmm. would enjoy it if they know what they're in for. However, if you lead an audience to believe that it's going to be like a you know, like a sexy Megan Fox, like, like Megan Fox takes her clothes off all movie, like, that's not what it is. That's just straight up not what it is. It's literally not what it is at all. So around what time, what do you think spurred on this like more recent cult classic um, like response to the film? Like when, when did that start? Dude, so it was really in the wake of the Me Too, me, the Me Too movement um, that we really started to see um, this movie in particular just gain this new audience and... Um, people just started to really appreciate it more. Mm -hmm. And then I guess it found its people, you know? Um, That's really fascinating because there's something about the movie that... um, I had this thought... So I watched the movie twice. And um, in the second viewing, I really like... Because, I I mean, I wanted to do that anyway just because I... Especially when I do, like, one movie episodes, it's really... And a fun movie and a short movie. Like, this movie's only, like, a minute 43. A minute... What the fuck? It's an hour... (laughs) It's a very short movie. It's actually uh, a TikTok. It's so short. Um, But it's, uh, yeah, like, an hour and 43 minutes. So it's really easy to watch it twice. So the second time I watched it... Something about it, um, about the storytelling of it that I connected to in a different way was the fact that it's almost empowering in a way, in like a really dark way, that Mm -hmm. Jennifer, having gone through what she goes through, she's still around and she becomes powerful and Mm. like you know, then she like, I mean, she goes on to be like a cannibal, but there's some <laughs> a queen. Um, but I, I love the fact that, you know, Jennifer, the person met this awful, awful end in the story, but that wasn't the end of her story. She was, right. she was around to tell her story, to tell her friend what happened to her. And yeah, and there's something in that where I felt like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, girls get girls be getting murdered. If there's one thing about girls that I can tell you is we be getting murdered left, right, and center by men. Um, and, of course, it's easier to, be, to say girls be getting murdered than men be murdering because, obviously, that's mm-hmm. the bigger truth. Um, but 
it's crazy that she, you know, she got murdered, but she was still around to talk about the fact that she got murdered and how she got murdered and who the bad guys were. And I don't know. And I don't think it's empowering. Maybe that's the wrong word. But there's something different in that. There's something new and refreshing in that, that she met this awful end, but she was still around to talk about it. And I can see how those themes would become more relevant in and around and after the Me Too movement. Yeah. Like I can see those connections now knowing that that's around the time that this became more popular. Okay, that's really, really, really interesting. Right. Yeah. And I also heard that, you know, like it's uh, it's found its people and that a lot of those people are from the Rainbow Parade. A yes. LGBTQ base. Here we go. Yeah. And you know, you and I are proud members of the Rainbow Parade. So. Yeah. And Megan Fox is too. Yes. Bisexual queen. Mm-hmm. We love a bisexual icon in Hollywood and from way before it was cool. So let's I mean, let's talk about Megan Fox. Oh, my God. Okay. I actually titled this Zoom meeting, Let's Talk About Megan Fox. This is irrelevant to everyone else. But when I sent Nick this Zoom link, I was like, actually, this meeting is not for the podcast. It's uh, just for a meeting called Let's Talk About Megan Fox. Um, Oh, my God. Because Megan Fox is fucking amazing in this movie. She is. Oh, my God. She's so... She's everything. Yeah. She just gives everything in this movie. It's so good. It's... Her performance is... So good. And like, I love movies about teenagers in general. I know you do too. I just think they're, mm-hmm. it's like an interesting, like, you know, subgenre of, of cinema. Um, I think it's always funny the way they cast things because obviously they want adults with adult hours available to work on the, on the actual movie, but they want them to look yeah. like kids, but they don't often actually look like kids. Megan Fox does not look like a kid. Um, she is an adult woman and you can tell. Um, but the funniest one to me, sorry, sidetrack. The funniest casting decision to me was, you know, the the first guy that uh, the like not the first guy she kills. I guess technically that's Ahmet from India, but um, the oh. second, poor Ahmet. We'll talk justice about him later. Honestly, yeah. justice for Ahmet. I'm mad about that. I'm like that guy didn't do anything wrong. Okay, I mean, I guess none of them did anything wrong, but he, his poor family in India is gonna be freaking out. Okay. I know. Anyway. Just the wrong place, the wrong time. I know, time. poor kid. For real. But um, the football player that she takes out into the woods, I was like, hey, man, this is a 40-year-old guy. But yeah, dude, Megan Fox, Megan Fox is amazing in this movie. I think her performance is actually incredible. Like, I think her performance as a teenager, like, as the hot bitch cheerleader person mm-hmm. that she is, is, is amazing. Like, she sounds like she's... I know she doesn't look like a teenager, but she sounds like a teenager in the movie. She behaves and carries herself like a teenager, and... I I did not know that Amanda Seyfried was in this movie at all before I started I know. watching it. When you saw her, you were like, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just Is Amanda Seyfried. I was like, Amanda Seyfried. <laughs> I did the same thing when J.K. Simmons popped up. I was like, J.K. Simmons? Where did he come from? But I mean, he's he's really funny in this movie too. They're all really good. I don't even know I don't even know what to say about this movie other than it's really good. But like it's, oh my god, I'm so happy you liked oh my it. God, I loved it. I, I genuinely did not know if you were going to be into it or not. I mean, fair enough. Because the thing about me that people need to know, because it's the beginning of spooky month and we're talking about a spooky movie, is that I also don't like horror movies at all. Like, I don't watch them very often and because um, I get spooked. And uh, this movie I was down because I knew it was like primarily a comedy with like gory bits, which I had inquired about. Um, and... I think the reason it's so successful is because 
it's so funny. Like, the comedy in the movie, and this is why I think, like, this movie, I cannot believe they marketed it to, like, straight boy teens, basically. I know. Because, like, the humor in the movie is not for them. Mm -mm. The comedy in this movie is absolutely not for them it is for me it is for me and for you um because i think the movie's hilarious there's so many great one-liners in this movie yeah so there it's iconic like it's actually iconic like there's just like things that they'll say to each other that i'm like there's this quality to these like 2000s movies that like they just be saying shit that like they say it as if people say this like they they they'll introduce phrases and say them as if it's like a common thing to say and then like you in the movie it like kind of works and then you're like dude who would say that what's like what is going on right what's your what's your favorite one-liner from the movie okay it just has i don't know if this is it's not basic of me to say but I just think it's so iconic when Jennifer is in her room. She's on her flip phone. Yes. And she just takes the lighter to her tongue. Yes. And she's just like. (laughs) And then she's like, I am a god. I am a god. (laughs) I am a god. So good. And I. Yes, you are. And the fact that she's like such a wacko already, like in life, that her friend is like, okay. And like. (laughs) Yeah. love that like she doesn't even have the context for like why she's saying this or like oh my god there's just so many great moments like the moment where she uh amanda seaford is like looking she shows her like her gross blood-stained fingers (laughs) and she's like ew fuck you need a mani pedi bad (laughs) it's so funny it's just oh my god it's just it's brilliant and i do love that like the main like obviously the the movie is about the like, you know, cannibalistic events and stuff that are going on. But, you know, the inciting incident comes from these indie band people. Mm -hmm. Adam Brody. Adam Brody. I gotta say, Adam Brody has maybe the most punchable face in history. Like, I don't know what it is about that guy. Every time I see him on screen, I'm like, I want to punch this guy out. I don't know why. I can't. <laughs> and if Adam Brody ever hear, listen, Adam Brody, if you're listening to my, if you're listening to my podcast, I don't want to punch you. But when you're on screen and you play these characters, my God, do I want to fucking punch this guy out? It's unbelievable. Like, did you ever see him in New Girl in the episode where he plays like her ex that shows up? Again, a very punchable looking guy. Just like no, yeah, I'm not familiar with him from New Girl. I know him from the OC. Oh, but in the OC, he also gives off very like punchable energy. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got. He's just. He's just got a punchable face. I don't know what. Like it's just some people just have faces like that. Okay, and that's. I mean, that's his cross to bear. I guess. Um, right. I mean, it's working for him. Oh yeah, isn't it? It totally is. Yeah. Everybody's got a type. And I guess, <laughs> I guess his type is punchable. Um, but no, he's, he's great in the movie too. Like his, his moments in the film are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like his whole speech to her when he's like, do you know how hard it is to be in an indie band? Yeah. Is so funny. Like horrifying. Cause he's about to stab this girl, but also yeah. 
so funny. It is really funny. Like the it the is. fact that the conflict is born out of them just like wanting to be more famous as an indie band. Like they just mm. want to get to Maroon 5 level is it's just ridiculous. Like it's so stupid the way that the conflict is set up. But Yeah. Oh, okay, so I have a question about them. So we know these guys are bad, which also I love that the movie illustrates a very serious threat, uh, which is musicians. Um, that's the <laughs> that's the actual problem is uh, steer steer the hell away from boy bands, um, especially indie band musicians. Lead singers, yikes, we out, we the fuck out of here. Um, but yeah, I like that uh, they're there and they they start all the problems. But I'm curious. Did they start the fire? You know what? That myself is something that, like, I don't 100% know. I, I'm pretty sure they did. But also, it's it doesn't look like they did. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it, it, they're playing the whole time. So it's hard to, to feel like they started the fire. But also, the way, that, but, the way it's edited, it looks like they're watching the fire spread. Yes. And obviously they are there for a reason. Yeah. You know. Oh, it's there they're there with a so, plan, right? They're like we're yeah. they make that very clear that they're there to kill a girl. Yeah. Oh. But did the fire just, you know, was that was it an accident or was it them? I I genuinely don't know. Right. Cause yeah, it's like they didn't seem surprised by it. It seemed like they were watching it get worse and Mm-hmm. Which also, like, that fire spreads so fast. Fires are so scary, dude. Holy shit. Like, I don't know if that's... Dude, Mother Nature. Terrifying. The most terrifying element, I'm gonna say. Um, But yeah, I I thought that was interesting because I couldn't tell if they started the fire or if they somehow, like... I don't know if they, like, their occult magic was involved in starting the fire somehow, right? Because they obviously... I guess they needed the distraction um, to get that girl out of there because... Yeah. Like, you know, theoretically, she could have just as easily died in the fire. Yeah. Right? Instead, she went with them and got killed there. But, like, to anyone else who's telling the news story, she could have just been killed in the fire. Like Ahmet from India. Yeah. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P., my guy. <laughs> oh, man. I feel bad for that kid. Um, I know. But anyway, because, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure. There's, like, a couple of sort of, like, logical... Um, or like plot related things that I, I was curious about, including that. And also the connection between um, Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox. Like I was curious about, I mean, A, the gay vibes were there the whole time. I'm not curious. I'm not curious about that. We, I mean, I think they were by curious about that, but I am not curious. Yes. about. I get it. <laughs> Me? Mm-hmm. I get it. However, um, I'm curious about how, um, what's her name? Needy? How Needy was able mm-hmm. to, like, see what was going on with Jennifer. Like, she knew that Colin was getting eaten. And she knew mm-hmm. that, um, what's the other one? Her boyfriend, Chip. I knew that, she knew that Chip and her, and, and Jennifer were kissing. And I, I didn't mm-hmm. quite understand how she knew. Yeah. So, I believe... It was when there's like a little flashback. Yeah. And um, there's little Jennifer and little Needy and they're playing in like the sandbox or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer cuts her <gasps> finger. The blood. Yeah. And Needy like, I don't know, sucks it or <laughs> kisses it better yeah, yeah. or whatever she does. And she's like, don't tell my mom. 
Yeah, right, 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 right. Okay. I, I believe they were just, yeah, they were connected Bl- like on blood pack that way. Like blood kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Or, you know, take it in a deeper sense, like they are each other's best friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's right? clear that they have, like, a very deep connection, you know, and, like... Yeah. Um... And it's like complicated and dark, kind yeah. of. You know, I I think I think there's something interesting about the fact that her name is Needy. Like that's a really, um, it's a really like offbeat name for like a choice for a name for a main character. You know, um, and that like she does like need Jennifer for most of she or she at least she feels like she does for the most of her life. You know, and like it isn't until the very end that she's not needy. And she says, I'm a different person now. So like that's kind of Mm. like that's kind of interesting. She's no longer needy. She's a whole other person. Um, But yeah, I find I I find their relationship with each other really, really fascinating. Like I knew that their uh, like their romantic or like sexual attraction to each other was kind of hinted upon like early in the film and uh, like needy's sort of obsession with hers is um I mean even like the other like cast member at another point is like you guys are cl- you guys are obviously lesbians like at the beginning of the movie yeah. like you know it's coming yeah you know but it's still um it's still interesting when it happens um to see that I do love that Megan Fox says at one point she says um because I think Needy's like well you don't kill girls and Megan Fox goes I go both ways <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and that is bisexual cinema. All right? Oh, Put it in the so book. Friends, we will be right back. Speaking of uh random actors in the movie that I was surprised by, Chris Pratt is in this film. He is in this Boo. film. I'm just I'm booing him myself. Um you know, at first not a huge fan. Not a huge fan. At first, I was um, annoyed that he was in the movie. I mean, at first I was surprised and then I was annoyed. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? I'm okay with Chris Pratt being in movies if he dies a fiery death <laughs> in the movie. You know what? In that case, right. it's actually fine. Uh, from now on, I would prefer it if that is the way that his appearance in movies went, is that he <laughs> was then <Fair. laughs> killed in a fire immediately, like four lines after he was <laughs> introduced. <laughs> you know what? In that case, it's fine. Um, Cause yeah, like it's, it's funny. Like he was in the movie and he was a cop too. And I was like, what's with Chris Pratt playing wannabe cops? Mm-hmm. Um, but wait, did he actually die in that fire though? I mean, I guess, I guess I don't know. I had to assume that he died in the fire. Do you know otherwise? I, I assumed for the longest time that he did die in the fire. Yeah. But then later on in the movie, Megan Fox is like, I'm needy. Wait, can I say that yes, word? Yes, you can. She says that I'm fucking a cop. Yeah, she does. Like say I have that. like she the says I'm cops fucking, in my hands. Yeah, she says I'm fucking a cadet. <gasps> T- shit! Yeah. Yeah. I was really hoping so, he was dead. Yeah. Well, damn. I mean, like, and you know what? In our mind, yeah, dude. Maybe he is. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> in in but, my in my version of Jennifer's body, he died in that fire. But yeah, you yeah, are right. Too. She does bring that up later and says that I'm fucking a cadet. She's like, I have the cops in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember. And that. you know what? There actually was a deleted scene, mm-hmm. um, with Chris Pratt where he actually goes to one of the moms of the boys that gets killed to oh. say the bad news. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, ultimately it wasn't put in the movie because um, the movie actually 
was going to be a bit darker mm. than than it ended up being. What it was, yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm. Are there other deleted scenes that ha- that add to that darkness vibe that they decided to go in a different direction? There, there is this one deleted scene that I wish they actually kept in. It was between Jennifer and Needy, okay. and they were in like the locker room, okay. the girls' locker room, and um. Needy's basically going to Jennifer and she's saying that maybe like there's a way we can fix this or reverse it or whatever. And then Jennifer is all like, like, I don't want to change type of thing. Mm. <laughs> but then there's another really good one liner and um, Needy's like, okay, let's, I hope I can get this right. Okay. So basically Needy says that um, she, she like, I will finish you. Okay. okay. Like to Jennifer. Right. And then Jennifer's like, Needy, like, you can't even finish gym class. <laughs> Dude, they're so good in this movie. Like, the one liners that, like, stick with me. Oh my God. I can't... Where did she mention? Oh, yeah. She's like, nice insult, Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. <laughs> yes. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And there's like, oh my God, there was another one too that I, like, wrote down because I loved it so much. Oh, maybe it was the Manny one. But yeah, I just, I, lo- I love the dialogue. I love the dialogue in this movie. I think it's so just like quippy and fun. Like it's kind of got that Mean Girls vibe of like, you know, kind of like, mm-hmm. inst- I think this movie could have been an instant classic um, like yeah. Mean Girls. But Well, you know, it was, it was written by Diablo Cody, who also wrote Juno. Oh, yeah, I don't know if you've I seen I have Juno. seen Juno. Very different Very movie. Very different movie, but also great. Also a great movie. Um, mm-hmm. And also like about teens and also in a way that's like kind of quippy and fun to to watch with like great, great one-liners. Um, yeah. I still remember your ego is prego. Like I think about, I like that line like comes back to me from Juno now and again. But yeah, I, I just think it's, uh, I just think it's great writing and I think it's great directing too. Like the some of the choices in the film are so cool. And, you know, there's something about watching work. So this is directed by a woman, isn't it? Uh, yes, yes. I think I yes, remember at the end of the film that I remember looking at the name of the director and I somehow didn't write it down, but I know that it's a woman. And there's something about the way that um, female directors make films where like, you're like, whoa, something about this was visually refreshing. Like Jennifer's, body literally um was obviously important like her sex appeal and her like the effect that she has on her male classmates is integral to the story and so like Mm -hmm. her sexiness is a part of the storytelling for sure but it's not done in a way that's like crude and gross you know what exactly and that is something that people were really mad about because you know the iconic scene of jennifer swimming in the lake and then she's getting out of the lake right so that was placed in the trailer Mm -hmm. right so watching the trailer you're like oh my god if i go to this movie i'm gonna see megan fox come out of the lake naked ultimately right but she comes out of the lake it does not cut to yeah her Her chest it doesn't cut to her ass at all no it's her feet and it's her face and then she walks away clothed in Which, the Which, like, listen, creeps, they gave you her feet. Is that not enough? <laughs> Isn't that what you're here for? You want tits and ass? Go to Pornhub.com, my guy. Okay? Oh, oh, okay. Now that you bring that up, apparently 
apparently Megan Fox was asked to promote the movie on adult websites. What? Yeah. I read about that. What the fuck? I, mm mm-hmm. I don't know in what context. Like, I don't know, you know, was she supposed to, like, make videos or if there was just going to be ads for Jennifer's body. But also, like, again, that's them still setting up the movie for failure because if you promote this film on porn sites, when the movie comes out, people are going to be very upset that it's not porn. Because also, like, why would it be porn? It's a feature film. Yeah. That's so stupid. I know that Megan Fox, like, I know this in sort of tidbits from, like, videos that I've seen over the years, but I know that Megan Fox, because she's always been so sexualized, I know that Mm -hmm. she's had a particularly disgusting time in Hollywood. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen this interview, but she actually speaks about how that scene in the movie when she's being stabbed by Adam Brody. Um, it was really a reflection of the way she was being treated in Hollywood. Yeah. Like, that's how she felt. Dude, that scene was so heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, his speech is, you know, it's like, it's dark comedy. This is my, this is what I understand to be dark comedy, is it's it's obviously horrible what's happening, but the way that the situation is set up makes it kind of funny, you know? So his speech is funny, sure. Yeah. But Megan Fox in that scene is her performance it's heartbreaking you're watching a woman get brutally murdered it's not like Mm -hmm. her like her life is ending and her like i know it's a comedy and i had a great time watching the movie but i had tears in my eyes when that scene happened when she's like i did she was begging for her life as any person in that situation would be begging for their life and and for these people to use her as disposable to get fame and fortune is pretty fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. And also, I can see how that feels like a metaphor for her real life. Because people have been using her body for fame and fortune. Yeah. All her career, they have been. And, like, I know, I've, I remember, like, stuff from interviews where she's talked about how she like her body autonomy was like you know disrespected and how she was expected to be naked for certain things that she didn't sign up for and like all this stuff like I know she's gone through a lot of shit in the industry and I know that that was part of why she like left for a while and and I Mm -hmm. I know there's directors who like tried to blacklist her like I know there's a lot that went into her time in Hollywood um and it's just like upsetting always to you know like she's a very good actor and for the longest time hollywood treated her like just a body yeah and that's pretty uh pretty pretty fucked up it's pretty fucked up and like even even in the situations where the patriarchy like you know it very clearly commodifies women you know it's like this woman is not a woman she is her hits an ass like that's all she is and that's all she's supposed to be um and I know that even yeah when she tried to speak out about it that it had um bad effects on her career which is classic (laughs) classic boys club attitude for women speaking out um so you know what I think that really is a big reason why she has a strong connection with an LGBTQ audience because I think a lot of people can relate to her in that way and even 
Jennifer in the movie. Like, the, but the way that Megan Fox has been, like, portrayed, I guess, in the media, it's like, she's supposed to be this, like, what, like a, like a sex object mm. or this, you know, she's supposed to do these certain things, but then she says no, or like she wants to do something else, mm. if that makes sense. And then she just kind of, like you said, she gets like blacklisted and she gets hated and dragged and all that stuff. Um, but then like we see her today and she's still like this, like this cemented icon yeah. in her way. Absolutely. But I also think like for a while, um, a lot of people's, and I, I don't even exclude myself from this, but I think for a while, considering what and like what a sex icon she has been in media, like it's been, it has been cemented for so long. Um, and I think for a while, a lot of women really did not like her. Like for a while, yeah. she had a bad reputation. And I think a lot of, you know, I think the 2000s and even the 2010s were just like a great time for internalized misogyny. Like it was just like yeah. people, like women being like, actually, sluts and hoes are bad. And I'm a virtuous, like, <laughs> like I'm a virtuous otherworldly <laughs> being. Like it's so ridiculous. Like it's like the whole like yeah. girls hating pink because people tell people people tell girls that pink is girly, and so girls are like, actually, I hate pink. Like it's the same shit right. that happens all the time. And yeah, she's she said that she's she considers herself a feminist. Yeah, she is a feminist, but she feels like there's no space in feminism for her. Like feminists don't want her to be a part of that. Group. Yeah, that's you know I think it's a it's a type of feminism that is old and in fact hopefully dead um the virtue the virtue based feminism for good girls and good women like that's not what i'm interested in and i don't think that's what a lot of people are interested in anymore it is funny for her as a white woman to say that there's no space in feminism for her but i understand where she's coming from like i understand what she means when she says that because i think there are a lot of women that would exclude um women on the basis of like how they present themselves like if they present themselves to be sexy that they are not but it's like to me feminism is not about how you present yourself it's about freedom you morons um yeah (laughs) hello it's about freedom to present yourself however you want so why would i care if you present sexy please um but yeah no i think i think there is a I think that's really fair. Like, I think the treatment of Megan Fox in the past has been really unfair. And I feel really like good about the fact that, that that perception has changed a lot in the last few years. Like it feels like in the last, Mm -hmm. even like five years or so things have changed a lot. And the perception of people like her, like, you know, uh, of people who, I think I, you know what? I've tried to like unpack this in the past. I think there's something about women who are so um, sexy, for lack of a better word, where I think other women, mm-hmm. based out of their own insecurity about like uh, attractiveness to men, start to see like women who fit into um, society's understanding of sexy or beautiful. They start to see those women as like the enemy, and I think it's just it's just born out of that internalized misogyny, that competition that we are fed to, ha- like we are we are told we're supposed to have with each other, you know. And I I think it's such a waste of time. I really do, um, because you know we could all be on the same side, you guys. Me and Megan Fox, same side. <laughs> 
<laughs> I align myself with Megan Fox, <laughs> at least for now, until she like says the N word or something. Hopefully not. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Oh Listen, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not putting anybody on a pedestal is all I'm saying. Um, but speaking of racism, Jennifer in the movie is for sure a racist. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but it's like, you know, who's going to blame her? She's a, she's a white girl from fucking nowhere, like small town in the middle of nowhere. I'm not surprised. It smells like Thai food in here. <laughs> Have you guys been fucking? <laughs> She's like, uh, ew, fuck, you need a Manny Patty stat. You should get a Chinese girl to fix you up. I'm like, fuck off, Jennifer. Um, first of all, if you go to a nail salon, it's probably Vietnamese people, you bitch. <laughs> it's not Chinese people most of the time. Um, but you wouldn't know that because you think they're all the same. Uh, but yeah, that's it's so funny because like I thought about that when I connected that comment, the Thai food comment, and also the fact that Ahmed from India is the first guy she killed. <laughs> I was like, come on, don't kill Ahmed. He didn't do anything oh, wrong. Sweet. I know. Sweet, sick boy. Just living his international student life. Got. Oh my God. What a terrifying like week Honestly. we had, you know? What a, what a terrifying night. He just came out of this fire. Yeah. All these people died. He's alone walking through the streets at night, doesn't know where to go. And then Jennifer. Jennifer straight murders him in the woods. Takes him into the woods, Unbelievable. yeah. I mean, am I surprised? Again, no. But was it sad? Definitely. Definitely very Definitely. sad. Because um, that's yeah. like the one. Because, you know, it's. It's interesting the way they set it up. Like with every person, every guy she killed, um, they be- they were like more like they were increasingly more important to the story. You know, mm. so it was like the first person she killed was Ahmet, who, despite being very personally important to me as a viewer, um, was not that relevant to the story. He was just some guy. But and then it was this other just some guy basically the football player and then it was mm-hmm. Colin who we've had a, a scene with so we know who he is and when he dies it's more sad because we know that guy that's Colin um Colin yeah. Gray with the nail polish and uh yeah. and then it's he was just gonna go watch Aquamarine I know which also little did he know so <laughs> funny which he's like I just got Aquamarine on DVD it's about a girl who's like half sushi or something <laughs> So funny. Um, also, because I love Aquamarine. Um, Me too. But and I have it on DVD. Yes, you as well. do. I've seen it. And if if Jennifer invited me to over to her house to watch Aquamarine, I, I wouldn't. Oh, hundred percent. I'd be there and I'd be murdered. Um, but yeah, and then it's Chip, sweet boy Chip. Um, and what did you think about that though? I like, think that uh, the movie is another reminder that all boyfriends who don't believe their girlfriends deserve to die. <laughs> no, I, because, yeah, Needy had been clear with him. Yeah. You know, like, Jennifer is evil. She told him the truth. She right? told him the truth, yeah. and he straight up didn't believe her. And I, I don't get that because, like, clearly something very sinister is going on. And your yeah. girlfriend is smart enough to figure it out. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying that he's wrong to be like, hey, you probably need mental help. Like, that's fine. I'm not. Right. Yeah. I don't disagree. She does. However, that doesn't yeah. mean she's telling, she's not telling the truth. And you're an idiot and a dead man for not believing her. So like, really, he got what was coming to him. But obviously, he obviously, did. Jennifer's the bad guy. But also, 
I mean, she, I mean, really, the fucking Adam Brody's the bad guy. But um, yeah, like Jennifer's the one who killed him, sure. But really, he killed himself by leaving the house that day. Yeah. If you had just listened, if you had just like, listened to your uh, your lovely creepy girlfriend, you would be alive. But instead, you die in the most disgusting pool house that I've ever seen. So disgusting. Which, like, yeah, certain parts of the movie, I'm like, what? is like like, this is a horror movie obviously because what the fuck is this building and why (laughs) just like covered in vines just like some random pool house connected to their school like up on this hill it was so oh so funny the way that it's the the way that that final scene is set up yeah but you know i i love i love the whole sequence in there though like i love that she she like flies up out of the pool and and fucking she's just hovering hovering. it's not that impressive (laughs) I just love it. I think it takes a lot of horror movie tropes and kind of turns them, you know, on its on its head. And, uh, you know, even the whole sequence of her showing up at um, Needy's house and, you know, the way that she shows up, which, by the way, Nick, you and I have been friends for a long time. This is just a general question. If I showed up to your house looking like Jennifer, mm-hmm. would you let me in? Um, <laughs> this, hey, we've known each other how many well, years now? It's been like nine years. <laughs> so what, what, what do you think? What do you think? If I show up, I'm bloody battered, evil in my eyes. I'm puking up black bile. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm calling someone. <laughs> Wait, this is so funny, but honestly, fa- like same, like fair. <laughs> if you showed up at my house... Looking at gross, I'd be like, I'm calling your mom. Like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this. Whatever's going on with you, Mm-mm. I'm calling no. your mom uh, immediately. I'd mm. probably, okay, you know what? I'd probably let you in, but I would, like, keep you in a different room and, like, call your mom and call my mom and, like, call, I don't know, a, a priest. <laughs> I would be like, we need an exor- I don't. I don't know what we need, an exorcism, a beating. <laughs> I don't know, but we need something and we need it fast. Because yeah. I know they've known each other their whole lives, but holy shit, Jennifer shows up looking messed up. To be fair, she's been stabbed like a million times. Um, she just died a gruesome death. So fair. Like, I'm not saying she has to look good, but also, holy shit, it's terrifying. That scene. Oh my gosh. Whoo, when she just like smiles oh, at her Edie. smile is that's that scene so like sold me on the movie honestly because i was like this is done like so well and oh my god that and also like this like the murder scene like i just it just got like just heart a heart melting gut-wrenching awful like her crying and sobbing and being like don't i'll do anything you want it's just it's just so it's well done and it's so upsetting it's so upsetting but you know, I I am glad that the movie ends with the band getting murdered. I think right. I think that is necessary. It is the only way this movie could have ended. Yeah. And like needy doing it too. Love like, that. Just the growth, dude. She has range. She, she has range because not only can she murder her best friend, she can also murder this band. And I appreciate that, you yeah. know? Dude, speaking of this scene where her mom comes in, where um Megan Fox's mom comes in and like her best friend has just stabbed her in the heart. Can you imagine? 
Okay, so I was going to ask yeah. you, because I know you watched it alone. I did. After you watched it with me. What did you think of, you know, the, I guess, the scary factor and the gore? Like, do you think it was too much? No. Do you think it was just enough? No, yeah, I think it was a really great balance because, uh, as we've discussed, I don't like horror movies. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. in, in Spooktober, I'm trying to dabble a little bit. Um, but I thought it was a great level of gore where, like, you know, it was effective. Like, it still gave me, like, the creeps at times, still gave me the chills. Like, yeah. looking at, you know, the disgusting... Um, remains of the boys that have been eaten like it's pretty gross yeah um like Mm -hmm. oh my god oh my god the scene where they uh they cut back to her after like she's done most of the damage to colin um they cut back to her and she's like drinking his blood out of her hands like it's soup like it's so nasty it's disgusting it's so gross but it's it's really effective. Like it, it works really well for the story. And I think it like, it juxtaposes like the comedy and the fun of the movie in a really good way. And it like, because I, I mean, I think I watched it by myself at night because I knew what was coming. So I like, wasn't scared of it, but I think even if I didn't know what was coming, um, it's not scary in the way that I find things scary. Like, I think everybody who doesn't like horror movies, like, dislikes them for different reasons. Like, I think there's different horror factors that are upsetting for different people, obviously. Um, for me, just, like, blood and gore is not that upsetting. Um, like, obviously, that's very subjective. But, like, to to me, like, paranormal shit, like, ghosts. And, and ghouls and getting possessed like that shit is terrifying whereas like you know a girl who got possessed by a demon and is now like a cannibal that's fine I, I can wrap my head around that and like okay. you know I could I, I can just like not be from devil's kettle like I can just be a person who's not from there and that's enough of like yeah. a distance for me to be like this would never happen to me whereas uh ghosts and like possessions like if it was just like a girl just became haunted by a ghost and now she's a cannibal. That's much scarier to me. Cause I'm like, that could happen to me. That could happen <laughs> to my life. I could be a cannibal. Okay. Let me know if you feel the same way though. Cause this is how I yeah. feel with scary movies. If I know the actor or actress, yeah. you know, like I know Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried, it, it, it I don't want to say it takes me out of the experience because it doesn't, I'm still, I can still get scared. Yeah. But knowing, like, seeing Megan Fox on screen, yeah. knowing that it's Megan Fox, the actress Megan Fox, I'm more, it's, it's more comfortable for me. Whereas I think if it was a actress that I just, I've never seen yeah. before, I, I think it would make me more scared. That's interesting. I mean, I think that's, I think that's totally fair because I, I get that in certain, in certain films, like certain actors, the way you recognize them or like the way, the the relationship you have with them as like a celebrity or a, or an actor, I think it's easy to be like, this isn't real. Cause that's Megan Fox. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I get, I get that. I think I do. Um, I don't know if I feel the same way because, um, I'm trying to think of like, what's like a scary movie I've seen where I like recognized the person. Um, did we watch that movie at your house once called like the call? When a stranger Oh, calls. yes, that's what it is. Who's the actress in that movie? Yeah. Remind me. Is it, um, oh, is it, ha- Camilla, is it, ha- Camille. no, I thought it was like Halle Cam- Berry. 
No. Oh, no. Oh, we did watch one with Halle Berry. Uh, yeah, because when she gets kidnapped. I mean, no, she doesn't get kidnapped. <laughs> Abigail Breslin gets kidnapped. Oh, okay, never mind. Maybe I'm mixing up movies, but I remember watching a scary movie that Halle Berry was in, and I remember being like, "That's Halle Berry." Like, I remember like having that thought as the movie was happening, uh, which like kind of helped me because it's like it is helpful to be like, "This isn't real." obviously yeah uh because yeah the ones i the scary movies i hate the most are the ones that are based on real stories because i'm like fuck out of here dude get the fuck out of here this happened to real people i'm done yeah i stay i'm gone dude i'm gonna be thinking about this for the next five years i'm so screwed um because i think that's why like that's why i don't like scary movies about like possessions and shit like that because i think about it afterwards and like i have very imaginative um very imaginative person um so it's really easy for me to like think about it and and create like versions of it that could happen to me um but in the case with jennifer's body i was uh not feeling that way i didn't think this could happen to me so i was okay um like to me or to anyone i know you know which helps like create the distance because i think it's all about creating distance it's all about viewing it as a movie instead of like a terrifying tale that could happen to you but what about scary movies do you think scares you? Like, why do you, you know, keep your distance? I just, <laughs> I, it, it, I get so much anxiety, yeah. you know, from, from watching these, like, from watching scary movies. And I know that, you know, when you get a, a group of friends together and you guys all sit down, you're like, let's watch a scary movie. We're having a slumber yeah. party. You got our popcorn. And then that experience, it's like, it's fun because, you know, you're with your friends and everyone's like, ah. Yeah. That's the only situation in which <laughs> I'll do it. For, but for me, though, it's not that moment. It's when my friends are gone yep. and I'm in my bed. And now I'm thinking about the movie and then I just get anxious and I'm like, that's the one. Cause that's the thing is like, I'll do it for the shits and gigs. You sit me down and it's Mm -hmm. a bunch of us and we're all hanging out and having a good time. And everyone's like, let's watch a spooky movie. I'm game. Sure. I'll say, I'll say yes. Cause I'm a good friend and I'll, I'm down for a good time, but it's not that that's not when I'm scared. It's later on when I'm by myself and now I'm reimagining everything that happened in the movie, but picturing myself as the main character who gets haunted. Like that's when I'm terrified before that Mm -hmm. I'm fine. And after that I'll be okay. But that after might come for not some time. Like I remember when after watching the ring, which is like everyone's like spooky, like movie from their childhood. Like so many people were terrified because of that movie. I remember I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself for months the bathroom yeah because in the ring the the girl shows up like in the tub she like she like drowns <sighs> someone in the bathroom i think like a kid or something i can't remember now i've blocked it <laughs> i've blocked it out it's a traumatic memory but i watched it when i was really young in like 2006 or something when it came out and it was like very formative like i was terrified of tvs and like the crackly stuff that comes on the screen you know like the static i was terrified of that oh, yeah. because of that movie i think a lot of people are still terrified of the static i think i, I still am when it comes on i'm like god gotta go i'm out i'm out um but like i was terrified of static and terrified of wells and terrified of bathrooms because of that movie for a very very long time to this day wells kind of creep me out even though they're you know necessary for, for water do you think there's anything from jennifer's body that that'll stick with me that will stick with you. Um, indie bands <laughs> are so <gasps> scary. <laughs> That's what I'm terrified of now. 
translated translates into my life is no more indie bands for me. If I see a live indie band performance, I'm leaving. You I gotta, gotta go. go. I'm like that looks like an Adam Brody type. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta fucking jet, dude. Who knows? They might try to kill me. Um. Oh man, the fact that like everybody told them that she's a virgin, like her friend told them she's a virgin, which wasn't true, and then she told them she was a virgin, which wasn't true. There was some sort of like sick irony in that that I like. I don't know, like, I don't know what the words for it are, but it's, like, for once, tell, like, the 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 pretend purity of virginity was actually bad. You know, like, like yeah. they're telling this group of men that they're, that she's a virgin so that they won't be interested in her. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's what they're looking for specifically. And so it gets her yeah. killed. I mean, it doesn't get her killed. They kill her. I hate, like, I hate that even in normal language i tend to like use passive language when it comes to murder um they kill her for sure but it's because they think she's a virgin because everybody tells them that she is and and she's not even a backdoor she's not she's not she's not oh my god again just fucking iconic the way that she talks is just so funny just like the things she says, didn't she, she? Didn't she say that she she couldn't she couldn't go to flags the next day? She had to stay at home and sit on a bag of frozen peas. Yeah, so good. Oh man, but yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just um, I'm a big fucking fan, big fan of this movie. Like, I I was already kind of expecting to like it, but I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, I'm so happy you like. Yeah, it. I just think it's like I just think it's really clever. Like, I think it's really clever and really funny, and I think it accomplishes what it sets out to do, and it, um, it's a good time. Like, it's a good amount of raunchy, it's a good amount of sexy, it's a good amount of, um, gross and scary, and, and I think the characters are really fun to watch, um, yeah. I do love the trope that like Needy is the dork friend in the situation because I'm like Needy have you looked in the mirror you're Amanda Seyfried <laughs> like let's all pretend you're an ugly dork sure you're literally a blonde bombshell but I appreciate the I appreciate what you're trying to do um but yeah I just I love I love I just love I'm a big fan are you here for a Jennifer's Body TV show no that's no. an instant no. I don't know why, but my brain just said no. I didn't know that was even a thing. Is that a thing? So it's interesting because Diablo Cody couldn't even pitch um, Jennifer Bo- Jennifer's Body as a TV show or a sequel because everyone was like, the movie flopped. Right. Why would we but even... But now. Even... But now. And also, like, there's other movies that have flopped that they've adapted to TV shows, like... Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that flop. had a movie flop involved at all. Yeah. I just know about the TV show yeah. only. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I guess in recent years, she has been approached about the possible Well, I TV think I would be interested idea. if, like, members of the original, like, you know, writing team and stuff were involved. But yeah. I don't know. I'm just, like, a little bit... Um, cautious when it comes to spinoffs and 
and remakes and stuff like that because I just feel like often things just get butchered like I think there's I think this movie is something special I think it holds like it's almost like a, you know it's like a time capsule in a weird way I think a lot of these movies are um, but there's something like it really captures the essence of like the 2000s teen flick um, vibe there's something special about it and um, yeah. and I'm curious about what a TV series would do to that. You know, I feel like it could right. be really bad if they try to recapture that essence, but that hasn't stopped them before. So, yeah. you know, and who am I to say that it would be bad? It could be good, but it's just that, you know what, if, if Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried were on board mm-hmm. with it and it was Diablo Cody who wrote Jennifer's body, if she wrote the TV show, I would definitely yeah. tune in. Hung- uh, agreed. Like when I. But that does not mean that I would not be concerned that they're going to destroy you know, the legacy. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of how I feel. Remember Mean Girls too. No. Good. <laughs> Good, dude. I try to forget. I, I do not. remember I try mean to girls forget, too. but it haunts me. The girl from Camp yeah. Rock, right? Yeah, it was a <laughs> disgrace to even call it Mean Girls 2. It was like, you can't just you can't just make some random garbage and slap Mean Girls as the title. That's fucked up, dude. Mean Girls is cinema history. Mean Girls 2 is a flaming pile of shit. It's so mm-hmm. upsetting. So if you don't remember it, that's for the best. And that's just like, that's just what I want, don't want for Jennifer's yeah. bodies. You know, I don't think we need... I mean, production crews and stuff, you know, production companies will be like, wow, people care about this. Let's see how much more money we can squeeze out of this situation. But, you know, only if there's more story to tell, which I don't know if there is. I don't know if there's more story to tell with Jennifer's body. I think the story was told pretty well. It could be done in some like cool craftful way that I don't that I can't fathom right now. If the original writers are involved, maybe there's like a version of the story that could continue. But I don't know. I'm not interested necessarily. But I if Megan Fox is involved, I'll probably watch it. Yes. That's just me being real. If Megan Fox is in it, I'm going to watch it is a pretty good slogan for life. Um, but that does not include, I mean, yeah, I haven't seen, I was going to say that does not include Transformers, but actually I've only seen the Transformers that Megan Fox is in. So, so it actually works perfectly. You know what? Me too. <laughs> yeah, Cause after that I was me like, uh, you think I give a shit about these robots? I was here for Megan Fox. Yeah. Please. Did you know that instead of Amanda Seyfried, mm-hmm being cast as needy um it could have been emma stone oh mm-hmm. and i believe also brie larson oh was up for the role yeah that's always interesting to, to like imagine a movie with alternate casting yeah i guess is this around no this is before like easy a came out right um 2009 did easy a come out 2009 i don't know i don't know the timeline of that movie you know what it might have yeah maybe maybe it had come out already because i feel like that 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 was emma stone's like big break right like it was like there's no turning back after that but um yeah that's really interesting brie larson do you know of any other roles that may have been cast differently i'm assuming megan fox was always going to be jennifer right or was there other people um, so in in, uh, in an interview that I watched, Diablo Cody said that she always envisioned Jennifer mm-hmm. as Megan Fox. Okay. But I did read that it was possible that instead of Megan Fox playing Jennifer, that they did think about Blake Lively. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that for sure, mm-hmm. 
but that is definitely something that I have read. I can see, I can when see I, that. You know, do my Jennifer's body? Yeah, research. yeah, of course, as as we must do. That's funny. I you know I can see where they're coming from. Blake Lively has a certain quality to her as well, but I really think Megan Fox is perfect for this. Like I really do. I think the movie is I think so too because of her. And yeah. I think it it like just the way that she is in like I, I remember Blake Lively in Gossip Girl and like she also, um, you know she does a good job and I've seen her in other things and I think she's just got m- like more of like this. Did you ever see her in Age of Adeline? She does a really good job being like I did. of the past, yeah. you know, carrying herself yeah. with like the weight and presence of like someone from another time. Um, yeah, which is not to say that she wasn't good in like Gossip Girl and stuff as like a pre- like a teenager of the present, but I think Megan Fox just does an amazing job and like yeah, you know that Jennifer was her favorite role. Oh, Megan really? Fox's favorite. Yeah, I love that, mm-hmm. and I, I think you can really tell she's having fun. Yeah, I think you can really tell that she's enjoying playing this character, and I think that's part of I think the joy in acting a role that you really enjoy, like it ju- it does translate. And you can you can see the joy that she's like the fun of this role. It comes through, and it makes I think it makes it so much fun to watch the movie. Yeah, uh, I agree. All right. Well, I think I think I've talked about everything important that I wanted to mention. Do you have anything important you want to say about about Jennifer's body that we haven't touched on? I think we pretty much covered it. Not gonna nice. lie. Nice. I love that. I'm glad we got to talk about everything pertinent to Jennifer's body. Um, is there anything that you want to say to fans of Jennifer's body? Like, is, cause I know there's a lot, there's a big community of people who love this movie and like, mm-hmm. is there, is there anything from the, from the fans that you want to share either coming from the community or something you want to say to the community? You know what? I just think it's so awesome that we have this movie mm-hmm. and how it was just you know so ahead of its time and it's too bad that when the movie came out it it flopped you know box office bomb it really is too bad because had it come out today oh my god what do you like what do you think instant classic i think i think it hit yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, no i i agree i think it's i think it's really special that people have found this movie and have found so much love for for it you know at least at some point it got seen as like the work that, that it is, you know, and not just as like Mm -hmm. a box office fail. Um, because I really think films are more than just what they make on their opening weekend. (laughs) And, um, and I think this movie, yeah, I agree. It's just ahead of its time. It was ahead of its time. And now it's, I think now it's in its right time. And that makes me feel good. It makes me feel good and hopeful for more films like this, you know, hopefully with with slightly less casual racism, that would be nice, but (laughs) Oh, you know, yes, um, yes, that for but, sure. but it was made in the, t- I'm not saying Jennifer's body. Oh God, movie. no, who cares? Who no. cares about <laughs> it being perfect? I care about it being good. <laughs> um, yeah. and we don't need a perfect film to enjoy it, but I do think, I do think there's a lot of good stuff in this movie and it makes me really happy that it is now appreciated as the work of art that it is. Yeah. I more, more, more Aww. wins for movies like this. And uh, fuck every teenage boy that thought this was going to be porn. Fuck off. It's a movie. 
JK, it's Disaster. not their fault. It's marketing and branding's fault. I will forever fight them for what they did to Jennifer's yeah. body. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for being on the podcast. Um, I know that we had to delay our own conversation about the movie until the podcast, but I hope that it still felt like... Which, by the way, I hated. <laughs> oh, my yeah, Fair enough. I know you, you love the movie not. so much, and I, I just watched it and was like, okay, so I'm going to go home now. Uh, talk to you on Thursday. <laughs> Didn't, didn't talk about the movie at all but i hope that it was a satisfactory chat yeah nice okay <laughs> awesome well i am gonna wrap this up uh it's been a pleasure and i will see you next time i'm at your house oh my gosh so much fun <laughs> so i'll see you tomorrow okay sounds good <laughs> And that brings us to the end of our lovely chat about Jennifer's body. If this episode sounded like two old pals talking about a movie they like, good, because that's exactly what it was. <laughs> now feel free to follow the local fashion icon, Nick Birkbeck, on Instagram. It's at Nick Birkbeck. And Nick is actually also the creator of my podcast cover art, which I love. So also check out his art account if you'd like. It's at Iconic with a ck dot designs uh show him your love the boy deserves it also as always i want to hear your thoughts about this episode about jennifer's body or literally anything else which you can share with me through the okay fine community discord this is linked in the bio of the podcast instagram which is of course at okay fine i'll watch it by following the Instagram and joining the Discord, you can stay in the loop for what I'm watching next. And, of course, you can recommend what you think I should watch. Spoiler alert, I might listen to you. Finally, please remember to subscribe to or follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And rate and review if you liked this episode. That's everything from me. If you join the Discord, I'll see you there. Okay, bye! Bye!